society kind of gives them a pass to a certain extent. It's like, you're okay, you, you're a female. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's certainly cultural factors in here, but what a lot of people don't really realize is how deep the brain structure issues go, you know? Because when you think about men hunting and, and killing and pursuing animals, their testosterone would rise sharply. That would make their, their sex drive rise sharply also, and also other things like the desire to be competitive and to win and things like that. So that today, uh, a man's testosterone is about 10 to 20 times higher than a woman's. And in, uh, on the other hand, as a woman was nurturing children, her testosterone remained less developed and her estrogen and oxytocin rose making her emotional self bloom in many different ways, you know. Um, It was important that her sex drive wasn't too high or her testosterone wasn't too high because she needed to have a high-touch but non-sexual relationship with her children to stimulate their brain growth. So who controls that? Who controls um, which, which part? How much testosterone you have? The testosterone part in, in the female that you were just mentioning. I mean, who controls how much the person have or don't have? Well, what, what I'm talking about is that is that for almost all of human development, women have been in a position where it was important their testosterone not be very high. Right. I got that. Yeah. So, so, so um, today... You know, men are when 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 we look at romance. You know, today men are four times more likely than women to see sex and emotional closeness as the same thing. Women tend to see those as two separate things. Wow, that's interesting. It's it, yeah, it's quite different. <laughs> So is that why, I mean, I mean, would that be a reason for, you know, the, re- the relationships would be frustrating because of that issue? Well, it, interesting, yeah, yeah, it, it certainly is. Um, it, it, most people don't realize, I don't think, that two-thirds of divorces are initiated by women. And and I think it, women in particular don't get what they expect from a romance. You know, oxytocin in a woman paves the way for a lot of emotional sensitivity being self-sacrificing, testosterone paves the way for a guy to pursue a woman, but also for him to have a strong self-orientation. And it isn't exactly what she expected. So I think I think really that romance is actually an agreement to meet the needs of someone with different needs. You know, it, uh, men and women both like to go to restaurants and movies, and they like inter- intellectual stimulation. They like to have fun, but in the guts of a romance, you find the essential differences. Here's a good question that that you know mm-hmm. I like to get answers to. Um, I think some of these things would be worked out, I guess, in your initial conversation or when you meet somebody or when you go out on a date or however you communicate. Uh, But at at what point do you get to deal with the real person opposed to the representative? And I call the representative the person that comes to the conversation and they always have their best behavior, they got their best foot forward, but you don't really get to know this person until you know, the time down the road because nobody's being 100% honest. Well, the, the other thing that happens, really, and this is a caveat to almost everything I'm saying, is that um, in the first, you know, eight months or so of a relationship, you have a hormonal cocktail in the human body that uh, causes you to put your best foot forward and to be blinded. So there are there are hormones, testosterone being one of them, that goes high in the man and the woman, and dopamine, which makes you feel very interested in someone, and uh, norepinephrine, which makes you feel obsessed with a person, <laughs> you know, and all that is playing in those first few months. So it you know, you know people should date for quite a while before signing on the dotted line. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that's real Me important. People. <laughs> Listen to this one. How do you feel about people uh, submitting questionnaires to each person, you know, and ask them 10, 15 questions, and if you get, uh, if you both can concur or agree on the majority of those issues, and then you date after that point? I think there's some value in that, but honestly, I think it takes time to allow the the hormonal cocktail to wear down before you can really see what the relationship is. Okay. You know, well, you know, have to what, what, just be patient. Okay. But romance is a very experiential kind of thing, you know. Well, what unique gifts do women bring to relationships and to the world? I know a couple of them, but give me your I think, to that one. Yeah, I, I think the hugest is empathy because it's the diamond of all relationship skills. And it has to do with dropping one's ego and decentering and coming over to the perspective of the other person, inferring what the other's experiencing. And women already have a lot of that, but when they have a baby, they're absolutely doused with empathy. And, uh, you know, empathy is close to sympathy. It's close to compassion. Um, But there's hundreds of studies that show that women have greater emotional responsiveness and nurturance, that they feel motivated to extend help, to pick up on nonverbal cues, to read another person's unstated feelings. Even Darwin in 1871 saw, saw the female gender as more tender and less selfish than her male counterpart. And when you think about it, it you know, if any female failed to respond to the distress of a little one, uh, she'd lose him. You know, there's, there's still in our society 26,000 kids dying daily from accidents. So Mother Nature really sensitized her. So as an empathizer, it it means that she's easy to talk to. She can read why somebody's upset and feel for them. She may be she may feel upset when somebody else is upset. Um, she can predict somebody's feelings. She tends to provide uh, acceptance so that others feel more comfortable. It it goes on and on. You know the the effects of empathy in a relationship. And part of what is baffling and even infuriating to people in romance is that um, men tend to be systemizers, which which means that they like looking at a system and trying to figure out how it works. It may be, you know, how, how the system That's me. Are... That's me. <laughs> is it? <laughs> okay, okay. They like to figure that out, you know. Um, it can be how a pencil sharpener works. It can be how world economics works. But it's figuring a system out. But part of the essence of that is that you must detach to dis- to observe the system to figure it out. And an empathizer, you know, that is most women, most must attach to discern another person's feelings and how those feelings affect the person. So obviously romance is about attachment and women tend to do this naturally and to stay attached while men tend to detach on and off as an automatic way of being. So the woman feels off balanced by by this, wondering, why has he just detached? You know, she feels it, but usually doesn't understand it, you know, un- unless she delves more into the neuroscience, which is what the book is about, you know. Helping helping a person understand what really happens in a relationship. Let me ask you this one. Let me throw this one back at you, and let me throw yeah. society mm-hmm. back into it. Um, a lot of women today, a lot of professional women, executives that are actually the mm-hmm. breadwinner, or should I say, the mm-hmm. majority breadwinner in the household, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, they're carrying uh, the majority load, which, you know, traditionally the man was cast in that role. How does that affect the whole empathy thing? Her ability to be empathic? Hmm. Well, of course, of course, women, when they're oftentimes when they're in the male work world, they have to take, they're forced, really, to take on a different persona. You know, I, I think I think if women were the ones who had developed the work world, it would look different. 
because men are motivated or, you know, anybody that's, uh, you know, got a lot of testosterone, you know, they're motivated by wins. So the work world is set up like that, you know. And uh, women are motivated by empathy. So I think that the the world of work would look quite different. You know, now, to answer your question, I, I think that often a, a woman, depending on what situation she's in, you know, but often kind of has to harden herself some. And that does change, you know, her, her, the the relationship. Change, does it change? And I guess the reason I ask, I hear a lot of times, and I've done shows, and, mm-hmm. and I've had people complain that it's from the man perspective, of course. You know, he's mm-hmm. worked for years and years and years to provide for his family, yeah. and uh, he's gotten laid off or his job moved out of the country, whatever, and um, his his other half steps up to the plate. Now she's assuming full mm-hmm. responsibility of taking care of it until things get going on, but their relationship changes I mean, she does get harder, and I don't know. I can't say it's a reverse ego thing, but uh, it, it creates this disharmony this in the relationship. And um, Well, we do know across cultures that it is true, you know, that men at middle age or right around there um, begin feeling their estrogen more than they have ever felt it before because their testosterone goes down some. So they might want to be more romantic than they've ever really wanted to be before. They they may want to start making pies and plant a garden or whatever. You know, they, they do change that way. They soften. And at the same time, women uh, are feeling their testosterone like they've never felt it before because estrogen has always dominated for them. So suddenly they would like to do something public. You know, they'd like to contribute to the world in some way. So they, they feel that drive more than they've ever felt it. So, yeah, at midlife there is kind of a change that couples have to go go through. But that, I, but I, I, I guess yeah, my question was, do you see that yeah. change in the relationship in the home? I mean, how they interact yeah. because the roles has kind of changed to a certain extent merely because their economic uh, yes. Okay. The economic part. Yeah. There's a hormonal part, and then yes, there's an economic part. And certainly, you know, she um, can have power she's never had before. And you <laughs> exactly. know, exactly that, that part right yeah. there. Mhm. Yeah, that's true. And, let uh, me uh, let let me go back to some stuff though about women and and emotion and. Romance, you know, it, if I can illustrate it this way, if, if you take two heterosexual females and they go to lunch together and they want to deepen their friendship, they will do that by sharing negative emotions. In other words, they will make disclosures to one another. They'll seek to be very real and they will talk about their feelings. So then if one of those women goes out with her man for dinner that night, and again, she hopes to deepen the closeness between them, um, she begins doing the same thing. She starts talking about her negative emotion. She makes a disclosure to bring him in closer, only it doesn't work. His mere neurons, which is part of the brain, jump up and down and go in search of the fastest way to get her out of distress. So he has no idea that he's about to shut her down and cut off her talking, which is what she uses to bring closeness. She doesn't want or need to be fixed by him. It it feels like he's just poured cold water over her. So she decides, well, that didn't work. So she tries to get him to talk or him to open up or him to disclose what he really feels. Um, But often the male mind is in neutral and he feels fine and she doesn't get anything. So that that's one of the big things that men and women have to understand about each other and that is how they go about establishing closeness. So what I, can a man what can a man do to be successful 
for well, uh, what's yeah, going on. I, I, I want all, and I want all my male listeners to listen to that because I know we have a lot of male listeners that uh, need yeah. to go back to school one on one. You know, they forgot even that <laughs> how to ask the woman what's her name. <laughs> well, if a guy wants to improve his relationship, or if he thinks it's stuck, he needs to understand that it's going to be language that will be the key. It won't be sex. It will be language. So he can say, honey, I I want to catch up with what's going on in your life. Can we talk? Now, you know it's usually the woman who asks if if they can talk. you know. But if he does that, then he can look for opportunities to ask her, and how do you feel about that? Because a woman's essential self, her most clearest identity is going to be in her feelings. And if she can share that with him, she feels intimate. Now, women are also more likely to feel trust when a guy will look her square in the eyes. So I've, jo- you know, I've joked with men in therapy that they need a tattoo on one wrist reminding them to say, you're the most important person in my life. I want to know how you feel. And on the other wrist, and tell me more about how you feel. <laughs> it's very important. And again, to my male listeners, you know, I want you guys to pay attention because she's telling you some good stuff. And when you look the woman in the eyes, look her in the eyes. Don't be looking up at the stars and the sun and stuff. Yeah, yeah, right, right. You know, um, getting down to the difference, um, sophisticated MRIs now show us that by the age of 17, a girl's brain has transformed so that the processing of emotion moves up into the cerebral cortex where higher mental functioning takes place. So emotion is now mixed in with her reflections, her language, and her reasoning. So she can now pretty easily explain what she feels and why she feels the way she does. And she can hook up words to feeling. She can reason through emotion. So her emotional intelligence somewhere before the age of 17, takes this leap. And she becomes quite different than a man. She, The best way to say it is that she thinks her feelings and she feels her thoughts. So her identity becomes associated with feelings. And this doesn't happen to a guy, you know. So for, for men, negative emotion remains in the primitive brain. So that if you're asking a seven year old boy or a 57-year-old man why he's mad or sad, you're likely to get, I don't know. And, and you know, this happens in relationships all the time. The woman is saying, why are you angry? And he says, I'm not angry. But she's picking up on stuff, you know. And she's had this mental transformation that makes her emotion very tied in with the highest part of the brain. What happens? So she, question. What happens? What yeah. happens, uh, uh, Doctor Foster, when she picks up on the wrong thing and creates a situation? Here's an example. Um, I mean, what's wrong with you? Uh, nothing's wrong with me. Yes, it is. Something's wrong with you. No, it isn't. I was just sitting here, you know, pondering, going through my, <laughs> my you know, nothing's wrong mm-hmm. with me. And, yeah, yeah, yes, it is. I know something wrong with you. Yeah, I could tell something wrong with you. And he said, no, I'm just chilling. I'm fine. I'm just sitting here going through things in my head. You know, I'm just taking a, a, a moment. No, 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 something's wrong with you. And then all of a sudden he has an attitude because there wasn't nothing wrong with me until you start, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I hear you. And and um, this is one reason that, that – women gain so much by coming into a greater understanding of the neuroscience or the brain science of men. Because, see, a woman's brain is much, much busier than a man's. He's often just vegging, and she doesn't believe it, you know, that because that's not her experience. So she, she thinks he must, he's got to be feeling or thinking something. But she's projecting. That's what's going on with her, but that is not what's going on with him. Exactly. Because he was thinking something. It just wasn't about her at that particular moment. 
you know, or maybe he wasn't thinking. Maybe he was just fine. He was just right. neutral, you know. You know, but um, you know, women have access to four hundred and twelve mutually exclusive and separate emotions. That's hard to comprehend. Wait a minute. So, how many do the men? I know. <laughs> well, I, men do not. Men don't have the um, the relationship with emotion that women do. But women's a lot of a woman's mental busyness is that she has access to all those feelings. Does that mean she got too much going on and that might be an issue too? She often has overwhelm. You, know, you don't have to answer often, that, Dr. Foster. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, women often do have overwhelm, and, and, and it, it feels endearing to them if a man engages her in dialogue and lets her talk because that's how she gets rid of the overwhelm. And she talks. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, I was just wondering if we were the bad guys, as we always are painted, you know. I just just think that, you know, she, if a guy understands that it's so much about language for her, you know, and she does need to talk. Women, Women do talk two to three times more than men do, so. A guy who can get a woman to talk has developed a very good skill. Yeah, especially if he can get in a word <laughs> edgewise. <laughs> yeah, raise your hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what that raise can raise your hand. Can I say something now? <laughs> oh, and and any other thing? Well, you know, you guys are always right. You know, and even if we know you're wrong, we're not supposed to say it. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's there's another piece of this, let me emphasize, that a couple sits down to talk, and neither one of them knows that most men pay more attention to and rely on their thoughts, and women pay attention to and rely on their feelings, typically, Okay. So th- th- this doesn't have to do with IQ because men men and women's IQ scores tend to be equal. But the way this shakes out is that a woman tries to share something. And remember that she has access to the 412 emotions, right? Mm-hmm. So he accidentally steps over her feelings and reaches for logic. And he takes pride in noticing inconsistencies as she talks and finding solutions quickly. And he may argue just for the sake of intellectual stimulation. He he seeks to be factually right. So all this feels like an argument to her. You know, she's doing something altogether different. And unknowingly, he's cut off her sharing, which is what she uses to bring him close. So, so in other words, a woman can start out trying to engage a guy and and get closer emotionally, which would result in her being closer and more open to being sexual, you know. So he he doesn't know that as he talks to her in the way he might talk to a guy, that she's being cut off. And he, he doesn't realize that she doesn't feel like herself if she can't have a natural expressiveness of her emotion. She, she's not she's not looking at the factual piece of it so much. She's looking at just sharing. She's seeking connecting, intimate dialogue. And for her, this is the heart of romance. Whereas a guy typically uses dialogue to establish facts or to display knowledge, she's using dialogue to, to find closeness. Right, doctor. Very different. I think <laughs> think we have another caller. Let me see who we have here. Five oh four, you on? Yep. Hello. How you doing? How you doing? Welcome I'm to the show. I'm all right. How you doing? Uh, right, right. How you doing, doctor? Hi, I'm good. So I'm sitting here listening to your show, and uh, and was, you know, I was listening about you talking about the women using their emotions, and you know, and guys not using their emotions and using logic. All I was asking, well, I wanted to ask was. Are you calling me? 
That's what Am you're I trying what? to say? You're trying to say we're mean? you trying to say men are mean and women aren't? No, he was asked, he asked, uh, did, are you saying that men are mean and women aren't? No, 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 I'm not saying, I'm, I'm not saying that. I am saying women have more empathy. They naturally have more empathy because Mother Nature wanted to make sure children survived. Because I know some mean women. Mm-hmm. And they don't have no empathy. And so I, I, maybe they were just brand different. So I was just wondering those thoughts. Well, in 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 uh, the genetic pool, you you certainly can have all kinds of women and all kinds of men. And my book more addresses um, the majority of women and the majority of men. But of course, there are mean women, and there are some really really nice men. That's all I was asking. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Thank you. All right. Thank thanks for calling. Yeah, continue mm-hmm. to listen to the show, man. I'm sure you probably have some more questions before it's over with. I sure will. Now, now, now Dr. Foster, I ask you how uh-huh. can men be, become successful for women now? What do you have to say about how a woman can be successful with a man? Well, I think if a woman signs up to be with a man, she's making, at least in his mind, an unspoken agreement to be sexually available and to be sexually attractive. I, I don't mean young. I just mean to groom well. He's incredibly disappointed if the sexual relationship wanes, and he tends to lose motivation to give her the emotional support she wants from the relationship. You know, and I know, I know your show is partly about relationships and trust, and um, trust for a man can have a lot to do with if he you know, if she keeps her promise. And women don't always realize they have made an unspoken agreement to be sexually available for the duration of the relationship, but men believe that. So that's yeah. first. <laughs> that's the first thing. I think that women in particular, if I can go on from that, though, I, th- I think women really need to educate themselves about the differences between the genders because the, the difference affects her daily, and she gets um, disheartened. So knowing that and then and then adjusting her expectations to fit that, I think a lot of women also need to structure and broaden their lives so they get their needs met in various ways. I mean, you always have to be your own best friend, and you always have to see it that your own needs are met and be in charge of your own well-being, and don't just lay that into the hands of somebody else. Um, most women need strong friendships with other women, and you know the, um, it's really, really women that will uh, talk in the way that another woman talks, and um, you know express the empathy that they feel. There was a big German uh, research project that found that uh, when a man was joined by his significant other as he prepared for a stressful circumstance like delivering a speech, his female partner's presence lowered his stress levels a lot. But if a woman was preparing for the same event and she was joined by her guy, her stress levels would surge upward. And the reason is probably because men give support by giving advice, which can make the woman feel pressured into something, while women tend to offer acceptance and validation. It goes back to that empathy again. So when two women are together, they relax their guard, they give themselves to the friendship with no holds barred, and they, they permeate personal boundaries in terms of their disclosures with one another. And um, they both have a lot of oxytocin, which contributes to a sense of bonding. And, um, you know, the the competition isn't there so much between two women. Um, You know, uh, everybody thought that when human beings were under stress, that they would go into the fight or, or flight mode. And that's, we, we, we thought that because 90% of research on stress had been done on men. But when they finally got around to targeting female subjects, they found that 
women fight stress very differently. They do it not by fighting or fleeing, but by tending children in particular and by befriending other women. So soothing oxytocin is released in her body as she socializes and as she feels bonded. So this this study was done at UCLA, and there was a joke there in their lab that said that when when women were stressed, they would clean up the lab, they would get coffee, they would come with friends. And instead of the fleeing or or fighting, they would do the tending and befriending. Very different. So, you know, that's one thing. Women women need female friends to to meet some of their needs. I I think another big thing, though, is that... um, They have to learn how to talk to a man in the way that a guy gets. Testosterone makes his brain efficiency-seeking. So if a woman presents her bottom line first, that is what she wants him to do, he will feel relieved to know what she wants. Um, a, A guy tends to feel overwhelmed when she wants to talk about her feelings on and on. It's you know, it doesn't feel that comfortable. No, because most guys don't want to hear that. They want to just, just tell me what the thing really is. Tell me what you really want to talk about. I don't need to hear all that other whining and stuff. Hold on, Dr. Foster. I think we have another caller. Yes. 951, you know, we kind of play a play. Yeah, what's going on? How y'all feeling today? How you doing, doctor? We're doing good, good man. Hey, uh, I was just listening to the show, um, really enjoying it. You guys are touching some real deep subjects. I just had a question for you, Doc. Um, how do you get a woman that's really attracted to you in all different ways to give you space without really making her feel insecure in a relationship and explain it to her in a way where it'll be understanding and don't cause problems in your relationship? Mhm. I think that is a beautiful question and and well worded also. Um I I think I think you have to talk about um it in terms of of love, you know, that you you do love her and you, you do love spending time with her, but just the way that you're made, you need some time alone. And the real difference here may have to do more with introversion and extroversion. There's some wonderful books out on that topic right now. Uh, one is called Quiet, another's uh, called The Introvert Advantage. But we actually know now that um, introverts um, have more uh, of a certain kind of uh, chemical running through their blood that re- that requires more alone time and more reflection. And extroverts seek more dopamine, so they seek more people, they seek more stimulation, and it's and interestingly, introverts and extroverts are attracted to each other. So somewhere along the line, you have to talk about the subject openly, maybe do some reading together, and um, you know help help her to really emphasize that it's not about how you feel about her, but how you're basically made up. Can they, and here I go here I go with that uh, economic thing. Could their roles and their job responsibilities give them different pressures and different time restraints where uh, this young man, it's not an a emotional thing, it's not even a relationship thing, it's about being able to provide for himself in order to provide for her so he don't have time to sit there and hold her hand as much as he would like to? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I think it matters if you say, you know, I love you more than anything. I would love to be here and just stay with you. Um, I want to. I want to know what you're thinking and feeling. You know, um, but I do. I do have to go to work. I am committed to providing. And, I, I, and women are I, women are attracted to that sense of responsibility. But sometimes they make you feel guilty for that too, Doc. Yes, yeah. yes, very much. That's what I was just about to say. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, um saying to her, you know, and oftentimes a guy hesitates to do this, but saying to her, I feel guilty when I when I leave you. And I'm wondering if you'd you'd help me because I've I've got to fulfill my job responsibilities. 
you know, even though I'd love to be here with you. Wow. Yeah, because I found that, it in relationships, it, it has became times where, you know, I might want to tell my companion that I have to go work or take care of some business, and then they'll turn it around to, okay, well, I'm going to go hang out with my friends tonight or today. And, you know, sometimes I feel like that kind of, it, it brings a little bit of drama into the relationship. So me personally, myself, that's been one and a very uh, big challenge to me, and I've been trying to figure that out. Yes, I I would really emphasize that you that you say and that you speak enough to her that you that you communicate enough that you you stretch yourself to really say that you would you would love to stay here with her that you that you love her that you're committed to her that you just part of your um, your love for her is in being responsible in your job. Okay. You know, just, All right, just Doctor, sure thank you very them. much. I appreciate those words. <laughs> you're welcome. And thank if, you. And if, and if that don't work, sir, uh, as long as you got a trunk in your car, you'll be all right. <laughs> all right, now, my I, brother, I, I, I was being funny with that one, y'all. <laughs> Take that one. Serious. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for calling. All right, I'm going to listen in. You guys have all a good right, day. Then. All right. Wow, Doc, that was a good question. That was that was mm-hmm. a good call. Yeah, that was very nice. So what can you guys expect from us, outside of us being the breadwinner, outside of us being uh, the strong shoulder to uh, cry on, uh, without us? I mean, what y'all expect from us? What 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 do women expect from well, us? Well, you know, I I I did write a whole chapter on the idea of what a woman can expect from a man, and of course, one thing is to expect that sex will be a primary drive and very meaningful to him. Remember, when I was saying that um, men are four times more likely to see sex and emotional closeness, or really romance. You know, as the same thing, which is pretty surprising to most women because they don't see it as the same thing. But anyway, that's that's one thing that she can expect. And I think it helps if women know that sex is good for them. Kissing and caressing help relieve stress. Semen regulates a woman's mood and her menstrual flow. Sex increases cardiovascular fitness. You know, it, just being able to have a good, healthy concept of self, sex help, helps a woman. But typically, he will drive sex, and he will love her body, and he gives her a reason to stay in shape. If she can see her body through the guy's eyes, she can have more confidence in her body. You know, it's it's difficult to be in a woman's body because it's always changing, for heaven's sake. It just changes all the time, you know. And a woman can hardly keep up with her own body. But if she can see it and think about her body through his eyes, it helps her. That's an interesting concept, Dr. Foster. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really... Um, a, a woman's body is different every week of the month. You know, there's there's different hormones um, that impact her. And so how do we guys keep up with those changes, though? Well, you like, keep like we said earlier telling. in the show, how how we're systematic. Like you know, we're saying in the beginning of the show how we're, yeah. we're more routine and and we like mm-hmm. a system and. And, and mm-hmm. I know that's how my my brain works. I figure stuff out really quickly. You know, I just want to go do it, deal with it, and get it over with so I can go play. So mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. happens in the situation? Yeah, I, I think a guy really needs to say a lot how beautiful her body is to him. It It's not apparent to a woman, you know, especially since she can hardly keep up with all the changes in her body. So he he just needs to say it a lot. That really promotes confidence. I gotta throw you another one, Doctor Foster. All right, here, I'm ready. Here, I think. here, here is a, here is some guys, and I'm not speaking of yours truly because I'm I'm a great okay. guy. I always say that. I know, but I'm talking about for the other guys. You know, they're not really mm-hmm. cut that way. They're not made that way. I mean, they'll love the girl. They'll love the girl to death. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's not a question of how deep their heart go. But they're just not cut that way. They weren't raised that way to continue to tell a woman that. And especially if a man, if that's not his general makeup, that's not his character, and then all of a sudden he starts telling her how beautiful she is and how this and that, a lot of women mm-hmm. are going to accept that because that's not the man they know. How does he deal with that? Even if he wants to deal with that, even if he wants to, you know, take your advice and start doing that, at what point and how does he convince her that he's sincere and he's just not saying something to be saying something? Yeah, a lot of times a woman can read it in his in his face um, and in his body. You know, he he she knows how he feels about her, and oftentimes that's enough. But but I hear what you're saying. A lot of guys aren't geared toward talk. They're more geared toward doing. But can I emphasize that really what has allowed the male-female relationship to work in a lot of ways is that men do things that spark emotion and often lots of emotion in women. Uh, for instance, they commit to the relationship and they stay committed. They don't have as many ups and downs and dislikes and sensibilities, so they're they're quite steady, you know, and they... Um, they also um, suggest and find activities that the couple can share. I particularly like it when guys suggest an activity that sparks emotion in the woman. Now, that might be a bunch of different things. It could be like reading aloud together. It could be dancing. It could be having small dinner parties together, pursuing spirituality, raising a garden you know, something that engages her emotionally and for her, for him is a shared activity without conflict, that those two things kind of dovetail for both to build closeness. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think that even a guy who doesn't talk that much can still do this. Though I think you should try to stretch and talk. <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad I know my male, I know my male listeners out there are paying attention. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. guys, start talking to your girl she is, and even though she tell you to get out of her face with that stuff because she don't believe you, be persistent, be mm-hmm. persistent, and look her yes. in her eyes. Yes, and always use different forms of communication. Do it verbally, but also do it in an email or, you know, um, you know, get a sticky note and put it on her mirror or whatever, you know, or tell her friends how you feel. <laughs> Just use different forms. You know what, I, I, not not to go back, we, not to go mm-hmm. back, but I had wanted to ask you this question earlier because when you were talking yeah. about uh, females need other females to talk to so they could do that mm-hmm. bonding thing because they both got mm-hmm. that empathy. But, but a question that came to me because there's a lot of women that have other female women that not in relationships. Say there's a couple and the girl has another woman friend that's not in a relationship and they do a lot of talking, but the woman that does not have a man, the influence on the woman that does have a man is not mm-hmm. always positive influence. It's not always positive reinforcement. So what mm-hmm. happens? situation like that and the man on the other side he knows this that that's not his woman talking to him all the time that's this other girl talking to him through mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I so how would he guy, deal with that situation yeah I, I think the guy should tell her that it would mean so much to him if she would talk positively to her friend about him and ask if there's anything he can do to make that happen and his woman wouldn't feel like he's he's out of line or he, he's out of pocket by even talking to her girlfriend about that. Well, he wouldn't talk to the girlfriend. He'd talk. He'd talk. He'd, he'd talk to his own. Is this his wife or is this his girlfriend? I don't know. But he'd, he'd talk to her directly mm-hmm. and tell tell her how much it would mean to him if she would yeah. present a, a positive view of him to her girlfriend. Right. So she wouldn't be talking negative or giving her negative yeah, advice I, asked, about something that she don't really know. Exactly. You know, and, 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 you know, maybe even say, you know, I, I know I'm not perfect, but I really love you, and it would just mean so much to me, you know. 
if you if you present a, a positive spin to your to your friend. Okay. I was going to go go back because I, I didn't really answer. You, you were asking about um, what can women expect from men, and I talked about the sexual piece, which is really important. But um, there's there's some other things. Um, I think that a woman can expect a guy to promote her relaxation. He tends to like to be the act- activity director of the relationship, and she, then then she can relax. So. Um, that as she relaxes it tends to promote the feminine sexual arousal anyway so it it works you know um she also can expect communication to be pretty fact driven you know women like i've talked about have have rich emotional lives and feel emotion more intensely and more frequently than men do um but uh, there's so many things you can talk about that are fact-driven, and men tend to like that. When a woman wants to talk about feelings, she needs to clarify what she's doing. You know, if if a guy wanted to talk to her about cars, it would be okay if she knew that it meant something to him for her to listen to that and if it wasn't going to take all day. You know, likewise, it would mean a lot to the guy if he's um, asked to hear about her feelings. If if she kind of specified that it means a lot for him to listen, it's endearing to her. It feels like she's being truly known as a person, you know. Another thing is to expect that men's growth is going to look different from a woman's. Whereas women tend to grow through feelings, through being empathic, through the development of a strong private self, men tend to grow through facing physical challenges making tough decisions, and developing a strong public self, particularly to use in the workplace. So the latter, you know, the the way that men tend to grow tends to include suppressing personal feelings a lot. So it looks different. And if a woman knows that, she can, um, you know, identify with what he's doing better. Well, that's a big if right there because that if interferes with uh, 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 females' emotions a lot of times because they feel what they feel. So they never get to really considering the man's feelings because he's only supposed to have none. He's supposed to be tough and strong all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, sometimes guys can find a way to to talk more about their feelings. Um, especially if they use feeling words, you know, if they actually name feelings or name emotions, then the woman knows what he's doing. Hmm. I, I Otherwise, think what, it would, seem like, what's that? No, I was going to say, I think what it would help, and I know it's just my personal opinion, mm-hmm. I always state it, mm-hmm. especially on my show, that <laughs> I feel like a lot of men really and and I'm very hard on us i I think a lot of men have really really forgot how to be men, and I think women have done the same thing, and that's why mm. so much confusion out there is because everybody forgot what their role is or what they're supposed to play or what they're supposed to do in a relationship, you know because it is a give and take at the end of the day, oh sure, mhm, it is a give and take and Boy, does it help to be educated and to know, for a woman to know what her brain is like and for a guy to know what his brain is like. Yes, that's that's mm-hmm. good. I mean, you can be you can be a whole lot more patient if you really understand what's going on. You know, what what I like to say is is if you're a chicken. If if a woman is a chicken and the guy is a a cow or something, but she keeps believing he's a chicken, you know she'll she'll keep getting mad that he doesn't clock right. But if she can understand that he's a cow, and expect different things, and begins applying her empathy and her patience, especially if he knows the science behind the differences, then things can work out much better. Well, that's a wonderful thing if they get educated before they fall in love with somebody. 
Yeah, that yeah, that's that's the truth. We we really, you know, you know, men and women um as children don't really play together and don't particularly like each other all that well usually. <clears throat> then they're thrust together. So they kind of go from from nothing to something very intense when the sexual urge compels them to become intimate. So it doesn't give much much of a chance to understand the motives of the other. Now you're taking me back to my initial thing, uh, Dr. Foster. Oh, yeah. Write down a questionnaire, 15 questions. <laughs> you give me your 15 things you like and 15 that you don't like, and I give you my 15 that you like and 15 that I don't like, and then we see which ones work and which ones don't. Ultimately, though, you have to deal with um, the brain differences. Right. I mean, even, even if you get all those answers, you still have to differ you still have to deal with how you're going to handle the the difference in the brain. And couples who talk about that openly uh, get a lot further. There's a, there's a second book I wrote called What Women Want Really, and it specifies um, some of these things. It's a, it's a short, concise book written for men, but meant to be, writ- meant to be read by uh, a couple allowed once a year. And it allows them to discuss these points openly. I'm talking about the stuff that's at the gut of a romance. That sounds like a great book and be interesting for all to read. Uh, Dr. Foster, we're down to the last couple of minutes of the show. Yes. Please let our listeners know where and how to contact you and where they could get your book, especially the latter one and put mm-hmm. that information out there so they can get in touch with you. Yeah, my my books are on Amazon, and uh, the first one is The Naked Truth About Men and Romance, and the second one is What Women Want Really, exclamation <laughs> mark. And my name is Dr. Catherine, K-A-T-H-R-Y-N, Foster. I'm a psychologist in Fort Worth, Texas, and you can reach me through my website. It's um, www.katherinefosterphd.com. I'd be happy to hear from you. Question. The psychiatrist is not the one that has a couch and sit down and talk to people. Is that the one? I'm like that. <laughs> psychologist, oh. yes. I do have couches in my office, and people do sit down and talk to me. Well, yeah. I'm going to be come down there. Listen, I'm going to come down there and sit on your couch and give you all my problems and bring you everybody from a place <laughs> to your office. Right. And we're going li- to line up. <laughs> I want to I thank you for taking the time out, uh, Dr. Foster, and we're definitely going to support your books. And uh, please feel free to come back through any time. We had a great time with you. And uh just want to say thanks a bunch. and. Good luck on your books and everything else that you do. Thank you so much. Take care. All right. Talk to Dr. Catherine Foster. Go check out her book, y'all, The Naked Truth About Men and Romance and What Women Really Want, and find out, guys. Go get it. We need to know. Come back next week, 2.30. Check out your boy, K. Diddy Licks of Love, right here on Counter Play a Play. You know, just a world movement thing. New South Records in the building. Y'all come see us, y'all. You hear?
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+ plus. terms and conditions apply. See website for details.